All right, well, I, I wanted to say, to start, um, I think of when Pastor Peter preaches, it's more of a, it's like a full meal, you know, and I, I, to me that is probably the best way to preach when you, you know, take a passage and kind of march through it, um, and I, I think it truly, truly what I think he does and what we do value at our church is what is, what is God saying uh, in his word? And you don't want to miss things. Um, I know a lot of preachers kind of, which unfortunately is what I'm going to do tonight. Uh, a lot of preachers kind of have an idea and then they go find a scripture um, or multiple scriptures and um, it's okay. I, I think it's okay sometimes, obviously. I, I'm just glad that what, what we normally have is this full meal, you know, of uh, all, the, all the food groups, if that's still a thing. Um, and you feel full after. And, it, and it's God's word. God, God's word is what fills us. But do not be, uh, don't be disappointed if tonight ends up being more of a, like a snack break, like a... Like, um, you know, microwave popcorn or something. So, but indeed, uh, in keeping with what I, what I would not recommend doing is what I'm going to do. And it, what it ends up being, I think when I preach, because I don't preach that often, it ends up being a little bit of, you know, what is God doing in your life? A little bit of an extended testimony time. So, that's a little bit what, what we're going to get tonight. So you've been, you've been warned. So the, the, the issue, uh, or the, the title of the sermon, uh, that's been kind of running through our ho- household in you know, the last year, probably, is why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, you hear people say this, why do bad things happen to good people? And what I, what I, I think with any issue, it, people have the opportunity to kind of frame the issue. And so with this issue, the, the intent here tonight is, that's the initial frame, is that's the, why we think about it. You hear people say that. And essentially what we'll, we're going to reframe it multiple times to get to a question that I think is probably what, instead of asking that question, why do bad things happen to good people, we'll work through and find at the end another question that is probably more in keeping with what, what Christians should be asking. Because you think about this, and this is right away is kind of like, well, how could God allow that? How could God allow bad things to happen to good people? And even as Christians, I think we say, you know, how could, how could God allow that to happen to me? Um, so just to, to take this idea of framing, um, I, I think what we often can do, even as Christians, is instead of uh, asking or thinking about it in the way that God wants us to, we end up framing it the way we want to, and 
God isn't even in the picture anymore. And, and I, I, w- that's a danger that we can do. And um, I think someone who's not following the Lord, that's what they're, that's what they're going to do um, no matter what. Um, just to illustrate that idea, um, I'll, I'll give kind of an architecture reference. Uh, when we, we've got some projects in, in Phoenix area and the, we, we work there. You've got to go through the city and you've got to frame, you've got to position the project in a certain way so the city will say, hey, you, can, you should build this here. And usually cities don't, don't want you to, uh, well, people, usually people that are the neighbors don't want you to build the thing. Um, but anyway, the way that I like to frame an image would be a, a two-point perspective from pedestrian view. So it has, it, it, you know, you're, you're at street level and it, it's a very dramatic way to render the building. You know, it just looks, to me it looks better. But out there, uh, it, the, um, the, the uh, attorneys are the ones kind of running the show. So they're the ones who, they get to frame it the way they want to frame it. And the way they uh, want to show the building is from up in the sky kind of looking down to try and make it look short and Usually it doesn't look as good, and so there's two different ways there to frame something, and you know, it's the same subject, it's the same issue, but we can frame stuff kind of the way we want. Uh, and as I mentioned, that the danger is to have an issue and not care whatsoever about, well, what does God think about this? How would God frame this, or how does God want me to receive this? So that's kind of what we're, we'll go through tonight with this question. We're going to, the initial frame is, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, and then we'll, we're going to kind of change the wording a little bit to reframe it. So if we had a point one, it would be a worldly framing. Um, so how a person of the world frames, frames this issue of why do bad things happen to good people. Um, and I think, I think we are all astute here and would say, hey, wait a minute. We are not good people. Um, and it's not, it's not to be confused with we are not special people or we are not valuable people. Um, but those who are saved and profess the Lord necessarily need to say, you know what, I'm, I've sinned at my core, I'm not a good person. Um, and just to, to show that in the Bible, I think of Romans 3, 10 through 12, which is, as it is written, and it's kind of quoting from Psalm 14. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Um, 
So I, the, the first way we would, we would reframe that question is to say, why do bad things happen to bad people? Because that's essentially what we need to admit uh, that we are. And I do, I do want to stop just for, for a second because while, while we're still looking at this perspective of framing from kind of a worldly perspective, um, I, I do feel for people who, they, I, I think they get stuck and say, well, if all, if all these bad things are happening in the world, you know, how can God be in control or how can God be real? And it's not to say that they're right, but I think that people genuinely hurt in that way and that we shouldn't so quickly just say we're all bad people which, while it's true, um, on the other hand, we are uh, of, we're people of infinite value, each one of us, um, in God's eyes. So that's why I would reframe it again to say, why do bad things happen to beloved people or loved people? And, and even under this, God, God doesn't just say, I just love people who love me. Clearly, um, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And also, in, in early in Genesis, we learn that we're made in God's image. So, we, we have to quickly reframe that again and say how how do bad things happen to you know people that God loves um, and I from there it, it continues to evolve as it were and and that's where I've come to a point number two where I call it a kingdom framing so the first one is kind of how would just your regular person come at this question, which people ask all the time, um, and I think often it leads them to take God out of the picture, because they say, well, God must not be real if all these bad things are happening. Um, but the second way I think that we want to start to look at it is, you know, how does a, how does a child of God frame uh, this issue? And this is where we kind of go from God loving the world to, to us being, you know, those who are saved and uh, profess the Lord and, and walk with him. Um, there is a difference um, because then it's, it's that we're chosen people. So then the question becomes, why do bad things happen to God's chosen people? And this, this starts to hit home a little more because now we're thinking of, we're, we're in the same camp with God or, or we're thinking of ourselves as that we are. And we still uh, can struggle with this, I think. And just a few things to touch on kind of what, it, what I think of as in the idea of being God's chosen people. Um, 
we clearly have a, a purpose in Christ, and from Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So there's, there's clearly, in being one of God's chosen people, there's clearly a purpose in it, which I think we would, can all, you know, it's, I, we hope that and it, we know that there has to be. Um, which someone who, you know, someone who's not saved would say, well, that's how you quickly get to, there's no rhyme or reason for anything. And, but we know that, that God has purposes and that he has, uh, has us as part of his purposes. We, we also know a promise that he gives us, which I think everyone could probably quote by heart because we, we like to say this because it is a good reminder um, in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So it goes with that idea that we have a purpose and we have a promise that God is working. Whatever it is, he's working it out for good. Um, whether we think of it as, oh, this is a terrible thing that just happened. Um, we know that in the end, at least, God is working it out for good. And obviously the, the pathway to the end is, is important. Um, another thing that I think of as being God's chosen people is we can't, we can't just look with our, our physical eyes. We, we have to desire. And it's not that, it's not that, I mean, in my experience, it's not that God always shows the why of something um, but it's at least our desire and our prayer and I think God often does kind of open our spiritual eyes to see the purpose behind something sometimes it might be your whole life and we might not learn why something happened until we're in heaven and, and that's just kind of walking by faith but I, I think there are times when God helps us to see, here's why this happened, and I'm going to kind of open your eyes to it. And I love the, the verse in, in 2 Kings, it's with Elisha, and I think it's the, the Syrians are coming after him, uh, and be, because the, the Syrian king is basically saying, well, how do the Israelites know our every move, basically? And... So there, they, and they say, well, Elisha tells the king of Israel uh, what you say in your bedchamber. Like he, he, he knows what, what we're doing and he tells him. So they go after Elisha and um, the servant of Elisha just sees this army uh, coming after them. But Elisha sees the Lord's army, which is invisible to the rest of the people. And to me that... I, I just think of that picture when I'm thinking of we want to see with our spiritual eyes and not just our physical eyes because our, our physical sight um, will lead us to despair. I mean, it, it will. But in this verse, and it says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. 
And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So there's this idea that, I, and I mean, I, I haven't seen this. My eyes have not been opened to like chariots of fire and angels around. Um, but I think we can obviously be comforted that God's intent and God clearly has power um, in, in all of our situations. Um, and that our, uh, our distress should not be because, well, the devil is stronger and they have us beat. Um, that our, our distress should not come from that, from that point of view. So though, those are kind of, as we reframe the question, why do bad things happen to God's chosen people? And at this point, I, I start to feel kind of unsatisfied with calling them bad things. Uh, because they, they, they might appear to be a bad thing, but we already know that God is working it out for good. So the way that I would kind of reframe that again is why do difficult things happen to God's chosen people? Um, and we all, we all know that we're subject to difficulty and and that's just the fact of, of living on earth, um, that we are going to have difficult things. And this, this is where this, the passage kind of comes in for me a little bit. Um, there are times when difficult things come upon us because we were being uh, just... Stupid, or I don't know, what's the good word that's uh, a little nicer to say? If we're just being, you know, if we're, if we're being self-willed or, you know, there are times when it's like a difficult thing happened because I brought that upon myself. And at that point, you can't really say to God, hey, how could you let that difficult thing happen to me um, if, if we brought it upon ourselves? But... The hope is that that's not, we all do that, so I'm not, I'm not really judging there, but I'm just saying if, uh, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't get mad at God when, you know, I do something that I deserve a, a bad consequence or a difficult consequence. Um, but that's not what the passage is talking about. The passage here is talking about this man who was blind from birth. And he's now of age, which I guess I don't know, that is, he's probably 20 or 30, or I, someone here might know what of age means, but this man suffered for many years uh, being blind. Um, Sarah and I last week, I mentioned a little bit of our, what ended up being a Bayfield trip. Uh, so I, I had gotten a migraine the the week before, and it was still kind of a little residual, and um, so it was, you know, when the light comes and it's a little hard to see, and I, I was somewhat joking and somewhat uh, trying to figure out what would I do if I went blind. It's like, uh, sometimes you think the worst. Um, 
So we're walking around Bayfield, and I'm trying to hold Sarah's hand and close my eyes and see what it's like. Um, but I, you can only imagine. I mean, Johnny knows, but you can only imagine how difficult it is to go through life not being able to see physically and imagine all the thoughts that this man had of, you know, how could God let this happen to me? You know, just assuming he's just a kind of a regular Israelite that is hoping for the Lord to come. And I mean, that's kind of the way I think about it. And he's living with this question himself of, how could God let this happen to me? You know, what did, what did I do? Or, and it's clearly the assumption of, every, of everyone that, well, either the parents sinned or he sinned because and it's a similar thing in Job where you think, well, he must have been done something really bad to get this because God is just and so he only punishes when someone does something wicked. Um, but here we see that this man's uh, condition was not because someone sinned. Uh, and it, it really is, well, and I'll, I'll read it to say, just to see that but Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And so, God allowed this man to go through this difficulty. But you can imagine after when he's, uh, even in the way he's talking to the people of the synagogue, he, he has no, um, he's just completely confident in, in what God has done now. Maybe he wasn't before. And he's got no worry about uh, the way they're going to judge him or being thrown out of the synagogue or there's just, it seems like a complete freedom and joy in this man where, you know, I think if you would ask him, well, was it worth not being able to see for however many decades? Was it worth it? I, I guarantee looking back after being healed miraculously like this that he would say, you know, that, that was worth it uh, to, to have God's glory be working through me in that way. Um, but there was a lot of years of, you know, I have to imagine questioning and just this man going through difficulty. Um, another, another passage that I think of in this similar um, idea of uh, God working something good is with Joseph. Um, and quote what he says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. So there, we know that God has deeper purposes, and he could have any one of us in a difficult season. I mean, Joseph, it was years. Joseph was kind of a roller coaster where you know, you're thrown into slavery or sold into slavery by your own brothers. Uh, and then you kind of work your way up, you know, doing a good job. You kind of think, oh, you know, God is, um, you know, prospering my way here. 
and then it just goes right back down to prison, being falsely accused. Uh, and then the same again, being brought up by, by Pharaoh eventually. But that unfolded over years. Um, and it, it's hard. It's, it's hard when God has me in a, you know, oh, my back has hurt for a month. or You know what I mean? Like time is difficult for us going through discomfort for a week or a month or a year or 10 years, it's difficult. Um, but we, we believe that God does have purposes in it. And, um, you know, think of these two people. Jo- Joseph is one where he, he saved, you know, the whole, his whole family through that and you know, Jesus coming through that. So God's purposes are, are expansive. And hopefully we're, uh, you know, our difficulties are uh, part, of, part of that, that we're, you know, staying. Peter, Pastor Peter has talked about it before, kind of staying under certain things. You know, I think it's, my tendency is to want to flee and get out of that, but if God has a difficulty for us, then staying under it is uh, what we need to do and and look for his deliverance, and hopefully it comes quickly. <laughs> there is this idea of come, Lord, quickly, um, that, that we're all feeling that. So, so that all falls under what I'm calling the second point of... Um, how you start to frame it when you're looking at this from kind of the kingdom of God sense and with spiritual eyes sense and not just um, kind of our physical eyes. But to, to reframe this one more time, the, the question actually changes completely. Um, and it's not that well, it's not that what I'm saying is the only way to look at this, but, and this is where this becomes a little bit of testimony, but this is sort of what God was helping me to, to understand. And in a, in a broader sense, we should be looking, as I was mentioning earlier, to frame these issues or the, uh, any, anything, anything related to doctrine or to God, we should be looking to look at them the way God looks at them. Um, And so for the third point, I'll call that a true framing, um, or, and that being in the sense of God's truth. And it really is, well, how does God frame this issue? Um, We're in such a relativistic world, which once you say, okay, there's no God, then it's like, okay, well, we're all just kind of saying whatever we think, and uh, it's a it's a sad it's a sad state. Quickly, but as Christians, we want to say, well, what I think about it is irrelevant. Really, it's what does God think about this, and then I want to put myself in alignment. And I, this is where I wouldn't. There there are a lot of issues that I can't explain that that well, and they're, you know, somewhat mysterious, I think, 
uh, the, the, the main ideas in the Bible are very clear. Um, but as you're studying and walking with the Lord, there are always going to be things where it's like, hey, I'm, I don't know what to think about this. And that's, that's part of walking with the Lord. Um, but at least in this issue, the way that I've kind of reframed it, you know, we went, the, the last version of it is, uh, why do difficult things happen to God's chosen people? I, I think an even more um, helpful way to look at it, and maybe more cutting, I guess, on, on us, is why does God bring us low? Um, why does God bring uh, his beloved his chosen people, why does he bring us low? Um, you know, why doesn't he, why doesn't he just, it's like uh, Mordecai being paraded in the streets, like that's what we'd prefer. We would prefer <laughs> to uh, be lifted up and carried around and everybody thinks we're wonderful. And so often that is not the, that is not our status. I feel like we're often brought low. Um, and really, if you think about Jesus, uh, was, he, was he parading around? Was he born as a king? Or was, you know, was he born to be prosperous? Or you know, was, he, was his status in the world, was it exalted? And the answer is no. Uh, and our place of fellowship with, with the Lord is at a low place. Um, and that's the, <laughs> that's the both, uh, it's the wonderful thing, I think. It's, it's almost freeing in a way. But the truth is that the low place in this world is the high place in, in the invisible world and in the future world. So we just want to be where, where the Lord is on things. And when he was on earth, he put himself in the low place. Um, and he's exalted in heaven, you know, sitting at the right hand of God. And, and that, when we're with him, we're in his group, you know, we're traveling where he's traveling, then that is our ultimate destination, though we still have to get through the years here. Um, but to me, that is, uh, it's freeing in a way, though, because it, it, that, that's just where we're going to be a, a lot of the time. Um, and I think we, also, we, we often find um, purpose in that. Um, and we find fellowship with each other in that. You know, you think of if, uh, you know, in the case of someone someone passing away, and it, it hurts, it's, it's difficult, but then you're able to come alongside people who have that same thing happen. So going through difficult things ourselves puts us in a position like the Lord to comfort, uh, to comfort others. And in that moment, you think, okay, this, I, I, I get I at least have some understanding of why that happened. Um, I, I think there is always going to be 
uh, I guess it's kind of a dichotomy or a, um, there's kind of the way it feels in the world and the way it actually is. And to, to illustrate that, I think of uh, this verse, which I've always, uh, well, since I've been reading the Bible, I've loved, but it's from 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. And it just shows this, um, the earth struggle, but at the same time, the, um, the, the eternal or the spiritual reality. Um, and it goes like this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So there's this idea of we're going to be in difficulty, but there's a purpose in it, and God will always be with us in it. And so being in a low place is where, uh, where we have fellowship with the Lord. Um, I, I do think about this also in the example of Job. Uh, that's the men's Bible study, which I made, I made one time so far. Um, but just thinking of Job and... You know, it was asking the question of why, you know, why, you know, is it, is it just to show God's power and, um, it, you know, in part, I think, but, and it also kind of gets to this idea of, you know, how God is just and how, basically, how can, how can bad things happen to good people? We think of Job as he seems like a pretty good guy and how does all this bad stuff happen to him? But in the end, I think it, Job is brought low. You know, he's, uh, you, you go past your own understanding and your own thinking of things, and you're just brought low, and then you, you're at a position where you can see God's glory. Um, I think that is what, what happened to him. And I, I touched on this a little bit, but just this idea of fellowship, I know... In, in our past one year, uh, we found out that Solve has celiac, which, you know, can't eat gluten. And, and we were the type of people before that. I was always a little suspect of people saying, oh, I can't eat gluten because, you know, it hurts my stomach. And, and now it's like God say, hey, wait a minute. Uh, that, is, that is real, and you should not have been so judgmental. But... Um, but what I think we found in it is that Sarah has a friend who, uh, from BSF, I think, that um, is ahead of her in this thing in terms of her daughter, I think, I, I should probably know, but has the same thing. And so they found fellowship in it because it's like, hey, tell me, you know, Sarah's asking, you know, what, what should I do and what restaurants and you just have a fellowship in, um, in a difficult thing. Uh, and I'm guessing it'll, that will kind of get passed on where Sarah will meet someone who has 
has that in there in distress and in despair and and she'll be able to be be a help and just find that fellowship uh, in in helping someone so uh, it's just something that we find that when we're low that God is the one lifting us up um, and that is you're you're almost at a place of freedom and um, couple of the things that I was thinking of is, you know, when we're, when we're broken, that God makes us whole. Um, when we're completely dependent on God, we're, we're free from being, you know, we're free from, I guess, dependence on ourselves. It's like you can depend on God, you can depend on other Christians, but um, you, you're not worried about where you're going to supply your own things from. Um, I, I think of it as being a place where we're not um, judging others. You know, when you think of the, uh, um, that we judge not and you will be not judged kind of thing. I think, at least in my life, it's easy to judge others and feel judged. And um, I think I've always been a little bit insecure about how much I know or or, you know, or, uh, whatever. I, I think it's just a natural state to feel insecure, but our, when our security is really in the Lord and we're at a low place, then you're really not worried about what does somebody think about me. I mean, there are times when it's helpful if someone says, hey, you're completely wrong in this, and they might be right, but... Um, but it's a, it's a difference of feeling judged all the time or feeling like I need to judge others. There's just kind of a freedom there. Um, and I, another thing that I think of is just comparison that goes along with that, where it's like um, I'm at a place where, you know, in this place uh, of a low status, if you start comparing, you're going to find yourself at the bottom anyway, so... You know, you're not, you're not trying to elevate yourself up to something. You're, you're happy to be there at that place. So um, those are some of the, I don't know, they're, they're more practical ideas of, of what comes out of this. And I think that a question I would ask of us as a way of um, kind of ex thinking about this ourselves is how... In what way do we relate more to the, the rulers of the synagogue, basically? Um, you know, where we're trying to elevate ourselves and put ourselves in a certain position. Um, because clearly, I, I love in this story that they look clearly foolish. Because the, the man who was blind, he's probably not educated. Um, because it, I'm guessing it would be difficult and... And he just has this confidence and the clear working of God in him and hear these, you know, kind of, you know, better than everybody type, like we know everything, we're, you know, Moses is our father, we don't know about you, but, you know, you, you, you can be his disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. You know, that, that just that place of I need to feel elevated, uh, 
and they just look foolish in the story, which is kind of a delightful reading of it. It's like, you guys look foolish. And, and we should feel foolish when we're trying to elevate ourselves um, or trying to be in that, that position. So I think I, I, I will kind of come to a conclusion or, or wrap it up. But the, the question we started with, why do bad things happen to good people? In the end, we got to the question, it framed and reframed is, um, why does God bring us low? And to kind of summarize it, I think in, in bringing us low, he's actually lifting us up in one way or another and in time. Um, we're not always going to feel, it, it's kind of a, it, it is, it's a faith thing to, to know that God is lifting us up. Um, so I want to read, um, I guess it's a poem, it's actually a song, but I'm going to read it like a poem because I'm not going to sing it. I think it would be a new song. I don't, I don't actually know when it was written, but it is somewhat new. So this falls under singing a new song or, or reading a new poem. But anyway, it, it's this idea of Jesus coming. And it's, it's, it really, the last line is, his long, how wonderful, how glorious, his long-awaited birth. So it really is about, you would sing it at Advent. But there, there's a, a line in it. We'll see if you, you can pick it up about, him coming low um, to meet us and this idea of him coming uh, and him coming to me and coming to us and how does he come. So I will read the poem here. He comes, the Lord's anointed one, and we shall see his face as clear as if the rising sun poured out the light of grace. He comes and we shall hear his voice not as some distant sound, but tones that make the heart rejoice when love long lost is found. He comes not to the wise and great, but to the bound and poor, so low himself that potentates must kneel to pass his door. He comes with favor in his hands, our empty souls to fill, to make a highway through the sands and bid the storms be still. He comes and we shall come to him, set free from ancient chains, adorned in mercy's diadem to glory in his reign. He comes, the Lord as one of us, he comes to judge the earth. How wonderful, how glorious his long-awaited birth. And you probably guess the, the line that is most applicable is, he comes not to the wise and great, but to the bound and poor. So low himself that potentates must kneel to pass his door. And I, I, I do think that uh, our, um, our hope, not, not, that, not that, you know, there's a variety of, uh, wealth or, you know, not that we can't be wealthy or have some security in the world, but in a worldly sense even. But I, I, I think we uh, clearly want to be 
in, you know, with the bound and poor and in our own heart uh, have a, a sense of that, that I am poor. You know, without God, I would be bound. Um, and also uh, seek to be with and to assist people who are in that situation physically because that Jesus came uh, to help people who are low, clearly, um, physically, and in society. And so that should be our heart, to be low in, in many ways, um, even, though, uh, even though it doesn't always feel great. <laughs>